0: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast here. And we have a busy, busy week full of all things uh, earnings. We've got CPI coming out. Uh, Jay Powell's talking about the state of our economy. We've got uh, a lot of different stuff to cover. We got more earnings coming up this week and uh, really how we play it and where we go from here. But uh, first off, I wanted to thank you guys for stopping by. We are uh, really trying to grow a community here. So if you can uh, join the Facebook group, Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. Uh, there is a link in the description to get uh, get over there, and uh, also if you could subscribe and share so you don't miss any uh, further episodes, I would greatly appreciate that. But uh, yeah, so first things first, where are we going to start? Well, um, we did cool down a little bit yesterday. The uh, the market on the uh, the S and P right now we're sitting right around four thousand fifty six. And uh, I was really looking to break that 4,100 level. I really didn't think it was going to happen before Jay Powell speaks. Uh, Ultimately, we are going to get some kind of direction from him, whether it's uh, continue these rate hikes, these smaller hikes, maybe pause in May and ultimately see what we do from there. But uh, a lot of things are still churning along. We've got some inflation numbers that are still high. We've got those food prices that are still to blame for a lot of these increases that we're seeing. And we're really just trying to weigh out what's happening with the economy, what this recession talk might look like. Are we already in one? And uh, ultimately, when could we be out of it? Generally speaking, it's about six to nine months from after it starts. Some people are saying we're already in it. So maybe that second half of the year could be that point where uh, the market actually starts rebounding. You know, so that's what we're really watching right now. Um, I'm waiting to see what uh, Jay Powell says and uh, we're thinking that 25 basis point hike is what we're going to be served up. So ultimately, if that's what it is, I think that is uh, pretty much priced in. But uh, yeah, the NASDAQ is down about half a percent today. And when I am looking at that, we're trying to get back over to the markets here on eTrade. Uh, if you do need a link to help get you started, I am on eTrade. That's where I do the most of my research, most of my investing. We do have links for the uh, Webull account also uh, in the description if you are interested in fractional shares or following along with the uh, the investing challenge. uh, We have that as well. But uh, yeah, so NASDAQ, we are down about a third of a percent. Dow, we are down a full percent. Now, one thing that I did uh, pick up yesterday was a short position on the QQQ. Now, this is uh, probably something that you, if you're not familiar, um, there, there are ways to play the inverse side of the market, you know? So in this situation, uh, this is a short uh, NASDAQ position to where uh, if the NASDAQ goes down, this goes up. It's based on uh, a bunch of options and calls and things like that, that they ultimately manage. So that's, uh, that ticker is SQQQ. Now, this one is leveraged. Uh, it's the ultra pro short QQQ. So if the, uh, like I said, if the market goes down, uh, this is going to go up. So with Powell coming out, I'm thinking he's going to have some bad news to say. And ultimately that these rate hikes are increasing. Uh, I thought yesterday that this might be a good point to enter. Uh, I don't want to do this for long. This is the first time I've ever done one of these inverse ETFs, but uh, ultimately, um, uh, not a long term play. These are short, get in, get out. Uh, so if this one spikes about 10%, I've got a limit order uh, to go ahead and sell it. And uh, I'm, I'm not playing with a ton of money here. There's a few hundred dollars in this. So it's uh, something that I'm doing, something that I'm trying. I guess I had the time. I had a little bit of money sitting in cash. And uh, ultimately, I thought, you know, this could be something to uh, really kind of throw some money at just with the volatility I expected uh, today on CPI day. Now, it is up about a percent today, nothing to write home about, but uh, like I said, just something I wanted to try, get a little bit more knowledge about some different areas of the market and how to play some things. But um, with that being said, we did have a lot of different earnings. And uh, some of those that already have come out, we had uh, General Motors, we had UPS, we've had Exxon, McDonald's, and uh, most of these were pretty decent so far. Uh, McDonald's came out and they beat on EPS. They beat on revenue, right? So that was a, a definite good sign. They had global uh, comparable sales increase 12.6% for the quarter. So definitely nice to see there. Uh, GM General Motors reported earnings and they had a solid beat on EPS, $2.12 versus $1.69 estimated. Uh, so pretty sizable beat there. Revenue of $43.1 billion, beating expectations of $40.65 billion. Uh, they see their fiscal or full year 23 adjusted EPS coming in between six and seven dollars, above the consensus estimates of five dollars and eighty one cents. Now, when I go over and look at GM, GM, we will see how this one is actually performing on some of this news. We've got a a very low PE at six point four. That five day, we've uh, we had a huge spike in volume on the 31st when they did report. Uh, About 5.9 million shares were traded and uh, yeah, pretty sizable gain. We went from a low of, uh, I'm going to say 36.50 here down and now we are up at 38.83. So nice little uh, move higher on GM on this news. And uh, they also announced that they are investing into LAC, which is a lithium uh, company for their battery tech. And they put about 750 million into uh, this investment here, so they're uh, looking also to cut about uh, two billion in cost savings, and no layoffs are planned. That is rare right now. We've got a few companies I talked about last time that were looking to hire. I remember Boeing was one of them. The other one is not coming to my uh, my head right now, but um, very few companies that are really looking to hire in this uh, this economy. But uh, ExxonMobil also reported they uh, beat on EPS $3.40 on a basis of $3.29 and also beat on revenue by uh, about seven-tenths of a billion. So that's a nice beat there. UPS, we, uh, we beat on expectations on EPS and missed on revenue. We uh, came in about a billion dollars light on revenue. Uh, they did authorize a new share buyback program worth about $5 billion and they also raise their quarterly dividend to $1.62 from $1.52. So that is definitely nice to see that they are able to do that. They are uh, forward thinking and uh, can, can pay out those higher dividends. We love to see that as dividend investors, even in uh, recession times when these companies can raise their dividend and also buy back shares, that is a definite win-win for us investors. Now, Cat, uh, Caterpillar, they reported earnings and they missed. Uh, So their EPS was 386 based uh, at 402. So they came in light and their their revenue did beat at $16.6 billion, uh, beating their estimate of $16.04 billion. Now, uh, their CEO says they expect 23 to be better than 22 on both top and bottom line. So that is definitely nice to see, but uh, you know this one I did think that they uh, got a little bit ahead of themselves in the stock price. Now I talked about this one a while back, and ultimately I did trim about uh, about ten percent of my uh, position, and it proceeded to run higher. Uh, currently, it's still trading where above where I sold it. We we're sitting at two forty six ninety seven, uh, and we did run up to two sixty six. Uh, I sold that ten uh, percent stake of my shares at two forty three. Um. Why? Uh, well, one, I wanted to take some money out of that and disperse it into some other stocks that I thought were better values at the time. I was getting to the point where I thought Caterpillar was just getting overpriced. Uh, I thought the growth was going to slow. Uh, I know they are a, a worldwide business and they're in a lot of different markets. But with the recession, you generally don't want to be thinking heavy equipment, heavy capital expenditures, and that was one of the reasons that I thought CAT was just getting ahead of itself in the stock price. Still a great company. I still have uh, a sizable position here. It's a it's a large position in my portfolio, and one that I will hold on to for a long time. Now they are still showing uh, sales up twenty percent on strong demand. There's a lot of great things going on over there. We've got uh, they invested into something else, which is slipping my mind. Also, you know that's just how it goes today, but. Um, that was right after I sold off a piece of it. So, um, with that being said, I guess you really want to uh, weigh your weigh your battles. Uh, and this one, it wasn't that I don't want to be in this one. I just kind of thought in the current environment, it might be getting a little bit ahead of itself. And ultimately, I saw some better opportunities and some of the other tech stocks, some of the other uh, you know shiny objects that were out there when uh, I went ahead and sold this one. So I'm still long cat. Uh, I am definitely a long-term investor. That is the, the majority of my uh, trades. I really don't look to do any kind of short-term day trading, anything like that. These are mainly long-term plays, but uh, you know, with how everything's been panning out for me, that's just a, a move that I made was to trim there, add elsewhere, uh, kind of even out some different positions, take some out of cat, maybe add it to Google or Amazon, and really just kind of do a little bit of a, a rebalance. So that's uh, something that I did here. Now, um, as I was saying, you know, the S&P, we were looking to beat or break that 4,100 level. I didn't think it was going to happen before Powell speaks. And uh, we're still hovering in that 4,000 range. But uh, Oppenheimer actually went out and said that they think that the S&P is going to get to 4,600 by June. Uh, that That is a long shot for me. I don't know that I see that it's getting there. Um, especially with you know, a couple more Fed rate hikes. Ultimately, you know they're calling for about 15% up from here in the next uh, four months, five months. And that is uh, kind of a lofty aspiration, if you ask me. So they think that it's oversold. They think that things can rebound back. I would say maybe by the end of the year, after we get through some of these uh, problems in the short term, we could possibly see things move that high. But right now, I just don't see it. But uh, they called on two stocks that I am not familiar with. I'm not going to pretend that I am, but they thought that these two could rally. Uh, The first one was Twist Bioscience. Uh, The ticker there is TWST. Uh, It is a synthetic biology company. Now, with these, uh, a lot of these are very risky. And when they run, they run large. All these, uh, you know, biofarm companies really have... Uh, a lot of volatility in them. So if this one has been oversold, I do think that this is something that could rebound heavy, but I don't know that I'm betting the farm on any kind of biopharma companies, um, especially this one is losing $4.04 on EPS right now. Uh, it did trade to a low of $21.78 uh, on the 27th of December and was at a high of $66 on the 7th of uh last February. So definitely has traded down and it could certainly run. Uh, Analyst upside only says about 20%. I just kind of wanted to bring up to you that they are looking for a lot of upside in the S&P, specifically in Twist Bioscience and Semtech, which is a uh, smaller chip company, semiconductor chip company, which I'm still very bullish in that space. And I will continue buying some of the ones that I've already been looking at. We're looking at, you know, AMD, Qualcomm, Broadcom, and uh, NVIDIA. I've been looking at those heavily, and I definitely like those. But, um, you know, when you're looking at a a smaller company like Semtech, the smaller cap companies can run on some of this big, uh, you know, news. Any kind of, you know, big event for this one small company can make this one run, you know, 20, 30, 40 percent in the blink of an eye. It is trading at a 14 times P.E., So, you know, a lower PE, they are profitable. So there's a lot more that I like about Semtech versus Twist. You've got a a reasonable PE, decent uh, uh, upside from the analyst. This is just kind of first glance. I haven't really dug into these, but 28% of upside on Semtech and you're getting a company that's profitable. So uh, all things considered, um, I don't know that we're getting to 4,600 on the S&P, but, you know, a lot of people are saying that this first half is going to be rough and ultimately we could trade down or sideways uh, for a while until we kind of break out of this, uh, you know, recession kind of talks and all these downward trends. So that's what I see there. We're also watching Bitcoin. Um, man, this one has definitely outperformed. We have traded down from some of the highs that we were testing in that the mid 24,000 range. We're sitting at right around 23,000. Uh, right now. But uh, in the last week, we are up 1.84%, not a big deal. But in the last month, we are up 38%. uh, Huge moves and about 30% up on Ethereum. So one thing I did here, I wanted to talk about this. uh, Ultimately, I sold out of some of my Bitcoin, some of my Ethereum. I am holding that in USDC. Now in USDC, it's a stable coin. So I Basically, have chips on the side in order to buy if some of these 38% gains or 30% gains in Bitcoin and Ethereum uh, do fall off, I will be ready to swap back from USDC out of the stable coin into Bitcoin and Ethereum. So I've did this before, you know, when things were at the peak, I was trying to, you know, average down, average down. And now that we bottomed and came back up off this rally, um, I don't know that we're gonna get a 60% run. So I wanted to take some of that off the table and ultimately try to go ahead and get more uh, Ethereum and Bitcoin for the same amount of money that I just sold out of. So that's one thing that I'm doing there. Uh, So that cash is on the sidelines and still sitting in crypto. But uh, yeah, we were talking about the companies that are hiring. There's a, a, a few of them, but now when I'm looking at companies that are doing layoffs and talking about problems in the short term and that uh, they're guiding down in the first six months, that list is much longer. So I wanted to bring up some companies that are laying off more people. Now, FedEx says that they're reducing uh, their officers and directors by 10%. Rivian, they're firing 6% of their workforce. PayPal, 7% of their workforce, about 2,000 people. Uh, We've got uh, Match firing about 8% of their staff. The, uh, the list goes on. There are a lot of layoffs, and that's one reason that I have a hard time thinking that with all these layoffs, uh, that the, the S&P is going to get to that 4,600 by June. I just can't see it uh, with the amount of people that are laying off. I think it is a smart move on these uh, these individual companies to go ahead and do these layoffs to better weather the storm and have more cash on the sidelines because that cash is king. But ultimately, if these employees get laid off, uh, there are a building amount of jobs in uh, you know open right now in the economy. But I just don't really see people rebounding that quickly or really having that uh, position of power to ask for more money when they go to the next job. So if you're getting laid off from some of these high uh, flyer tech companies, and then ultimately you got to pick up something else, I don't know that you're going to have that uh, that upward spiral of getting paid more every time you take another leap. You might be able to, but uh, I think some people are going to accept a lower price because even at uh, which one was it? Uh, I forget which one. One of them was cutting uh, the amount of pay. Oh, Intel. I didn't even get to that one. Intel. They're cutting pay of their mid level people by five percent, senior level ten to fifteen percent, and the CEO by twenty five percent. Well, we've seen these trends, so ultimately you might be able to find another job but it might not be paying as much which might lead to not uh, as much disposable income on some of these different items that uh, ultimately we're paying attention to in the stock market whether it be apple or microsoft or or whoever so i am definitely watching uh, i'm trying to keep some cash on the sidelines to go ahead and buy the dip uh, michael burry is calling for you know the the writer or the founder of the the big short uh, what that story was based on was Michael Burry's call that things were going to explode. He's calling for a recession here. But uh, Jim Kramer's saying, go ahead and buy any dip. We're in the start of a new bull market. So there's a lot of different talk out there. But ultimately, you got to do what's right for you. And for me, that means having some cash in the sidelines and slowly adding the positions that I think are undervalued. Now, I still do not like a lot of speculative plays here. So I don't want to, you know, run to the companies that aren't making money. Negative EPS is not where I really want to be. You know, I don't want to see companies with super high PEs or price to sales ratios. I want to go with those tried and true kind of companies and even add to some dividend plays. So that's what I'm looking at right now. Um, Now, what else do we got? We've got uh, Blackstone. Uh, I was talking about this one when they got down to the 70s. They reached a monthly redemption, and this is something that was scaring a lot of investors with some of their real estate fund. Um, you know, a lot of the the money that they had to sell or assets they had to sell in order to fund these redemptions. That led to a big sell off in Blackstone. Ultimately, today they are coming back up higher, and I didn't think that that seventy dollar price point on Blackstone was going to last. And uh, yeah, now we're sitting around 94, but they did reach a monthly redemption uh, threshold for January, which means no one else can pull money out for that given month. They do have uh, limits on per quarter as well as monthly. So they did uh, cap out for January. But um, I still think that long term, this is a good uh, stock to be in. They manage a a ton of assets and these are short term problems in my mind, similar to, you you know, maybe not the same but similar to what was happening over there at Tesla with all the, the Elon noise and Twitter noise and everything else, getting down to that low uh, $100 price point on Tesla. Didn't think it was going to last. Ultimately, that one rallied, uh, as did Blackstone. So yes, they might still have some people looking to pull some money out of the fund, but uh, I still think that both of these stocks can rally higher. And uh, you know, Blackstone, even after this run up of, uh, man, probably 20 something percent, We've still got a quarterly dividend of about 4.59%. So one that I actually did add to uh, earlier today in that 93 dollars range, and you know I did add in the 70s and 80s as well. So I'm going to continue trying to add to this one and really letting that uh, that position really pay some dividends to me uh, every quarter. Uh, currently, there's still about 8% of upside, and you get that uh, that four and a half percent dividend. So I'm just looking to build a position and ultimately have this one pay me every quarter. But uh, yeah, where are we at? We've got uh, Tesla, speaking of them, they increased their Shanghai plant output uh, to about 20,000 vehicles a week. Now they're looking to do that for February and March. They still have a lot of demand over there. So they are trying to max out that that plant over there and really push out these vehicles in uh, Q1. So hopefully we'll see that in the next earnings report. We've also got Google. They are testing out uh, a chat GPT competitor. I talked about this one a little while back and already they have a, a product, they're calling Apprentice, Apprentice Bard, B-A-R-D. Don't know where they came up with that name, but that's what they've got. Uh, so they are going to be launching this on their Google search and they're also trying to modify the layout uh, of the Google search to incorporate this. Now microsoft that uh, invested into open ai gpt they are going to be adding open ai or chat gpt into bing in the next uh, coming weeks now last time uh the ceo i did mention that he was saying that uh you know they are gaining market share in bing and i kind of called it a joke uh i don't think that this is a joke at all i think the fact that they are adding and they're going to be one of the first movers and they have that uh, first mover advantage with people knowing what chat gpt is i think that is going to send a lot of people to bing or to microsoft platforms in order to try out that service um so definitely something to watch there this google microsoft battle and how this one really pans out uh i'm long both of these companies so whoever wins uh, i'm you know already on board i'm already on that train and ready to see where this one goes but uh OpenAI also, they created a problem and they answered their own problem. in a few, uh, few short weeks later, they uh, said that there was a problem with knowing if something was created by AI. So ultimately, they made a tool that is telling you if a different uh, paper or piece of literature was created by AI. So they kind of made the problem and they solved it. So hopefully that will answer some questions to some people as to whether or not they're reading anything original or if this is just all AI generated transcript that we're reading on a screen. So uh, that's what I got on this stuff. That is a lot of news. Uh, I'm really waiting to see what uh, Powell says, but really I'm ready for either way. As I said, I've got that short position on the QQQ. So if things go down on the NASDAQ, ultimately that wins. And if the uh, the NASDAQ or all those stocks rally, uh, I'm long all those stocks as well. So a little bit of balance out there trying to little hedge your bets and really try to see what that does for me. So that's what I've got there. We're going to come back. We are going to talk about the investing challenge. We're going to talk about some stocks that are really interesting me right now and really try to devise a plan to get forward and really set yourself off to uh, financial freedom. So uh, stick around. I'll be right back and we will chat in a second. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Now, if you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, please go ahead and do so. And also make sure you follow along on Let It Grow Investing on Facebook uh, for more up-to-the-date uh, information as it comes out. And uh, also, we are doing the Let It Grow Investing Challenge for 2023, a continuation of our portfolio from 2022. We are buying uh, $200 every week in our Weeble account. And uh, that is with my own money. And we are taking the results of the poll on the group page on uh, Facebook and going ahead and buying a stock every week based on the results of that poll. So uh, last year we did outperform the S&P by about 5%. And this, uh, this account is actually moving up really nicely into the new year. I believe we were down uh, about 3%, which is a gain for the year of about 11. But let's check where it is today. I don't want to give you guys old information. That's no fun. Uh, so when I go on to Weeble, we are down about 3.5% overall. So we have definitely closed this gap. We are moving up nicely. I did go ahead and purchase uh, Visa, I believe it was, for this week. And uh, thank you guys for voting. But we do have some some new stocks. Uh, or actually this week is pretty much all ETFs. We do have one stock, but uh, that is basically the stock that we added last year at this time, which was Microsoft. I did add it uh, in week four of 2023 and uh, ultimately it came back up from last year. So I wanted to see if we would continue to add to Visa, uh, to Microsoft, not Visa, Microsoft this week, or we had some other uh, ETFs. And uh, last episode, I was talking about reasons you might not want just an S&P 500 ETF. Some people think it's not enough growth. Some people think it's not enough dividends. There's a lot of different reasons why you might not simply just want to set it and forget it in VOO or SPY or any other uh, S&P 500 base ETF, which is an exchange traded fund, uh, conglomerate of the 500 biggest stocks in the market, all in one fund. You buy hundred dollars, you get 500 different stocks, a small percentage of each one. That's pretty much how it goes, uh, kind of in a nutshell, if you will. But uh, yeah, so uh, this time I wanted to look at other options. Now, uh, so the first one that I also included in week six was VTI, which is the Vanguard US Total Market ETF. So those 500 biggest stocks in the S&P, you still get those but you're also getting the smaller companies, the micro companies, the ones that can really have a moonshot run and really have some more volatility. But at the same time, you're also getting those old tried and true companies that have dividends and they still have some growth, uh, but you're getting a larger mixture of the total market. Uh, So that is VTI. Uh, Actually, the third one is SCHD. Now that is the Schwab US Dividend ETF. So, this one you're going to get more in the way of dividends. Um, let's check actually what it is paying right now. So, I get you a current rate here. Uh, quarterly, this one is paying, let's see, it's about three. I remember from last time, 3.32 on that quarterly dividend in a percentage. So, you put in $100, you get about $3.30 back per quarter. So, on a $10,000 investment, what is that? About $332 every quarter. Uh, no, every year that would be, I believe. Uh, I'd have to sit down and do the math on that one. But this one's going to pay you a little bit more than like uh, something like VOO or VTI. VTI, just out of uh, comparison stake, is paying you a 1.56. So it's about double of what VTI is paying you. So now when you're looking at SCHD, it's a little bit more focused. Um, it's definitely more focused on dividends, but those more mature companies. So the portfolio on SCHD is a a lot of tried and true, old guard kind of names. And uh, when I'm looking here, it's uh, Broadcom, Verizon, Pfizer, Merck, Coca-Cola, Lockheed, Pepsi, Cisco, Home Depot, IBM. So these are all uh, great companies. They are lower PE companies. So you're going to get a little bit more value, a little bit more dividend, but you're not going to get as much growth. Now, over the, uh, the past 10 years, this one still has done really well. Uh, When I look at the performance of the past 10 years, if you would have invested 10 grand, uh, it would be currently valued at $34,283. So uh, nothing to slouch about. It's definitely a a good fund to have some money in and get those dividends. Now, uh, going forward, the next one we're going to be looking at is a a similar one to the S&P 500, but it is called a G. Now that is the S and P 500 growth fund from the, uh, sector spiders. Uh, so that one, when you're buying this, you're getting more of those growth stocks. It focuses more on growth stocks that are in the S and P. Uh, so when you're looking at a portfolio, where is your money going? When you buy into this, uh, you have more exposure into the tech companies, more of those high flyers. You still have some, uh, some older companies in there as well, but, uh, Majority of it here is Apple, Microsoft, Google, United Health, Exxon, NVIDIA, Amazon, Visa, Tesla. So you're getting a more of a mixture of just those growth companies when you're buying into SPYG versus something like uh, SCHD that's more dividend focused. But um, that being said, the dividend here is probably next to nothing. It is 0.97%. So you see how the the dividends vary from which fund you're getting into. And that could be a reason for you not to go into a straight S&P 500 portfolio or ETF, but rather diversify into one that's uh, maybe a little bit more growth focused or maybe a little bit more dividend focused. Uh, As you get closer to retirement, you probably want more in the way of dividends. Uh, You you want that recurring uh, income and you don't want as much risk. The growth portfolios are gonna take on more risk in order to get you that uh, those returns that you're looking at. Uh, so that uh, is number four. Now, number five, what do we got here? It was VNQ. So if you want um, more in the way of dividends, that's more real estate backed, but you don't really wanna be a landlord, this could be a great way to do that. Uh, now, this is the Vanguard Specialized Funds uh, Real Estate ETF. So you're getting a quarterly dividend of about 3.5%. And the uh, portfolio is going to be made up of companies that own real estate. So when you're looking at these, it's going to be your your companies that own, uh, you know, shopping centers and office buildings, uh, medical facilities, cell towers, uh, companies like uh, Prologis, American Tower, Equinix, Crown Castle, Public Storage, Realty Income, Simon Property, uh, SBA Communications and Well Tower. That's their top 10. That makes up 47.5% of this fund. And uh, when I look over at the performance of this one, you might be thinking, where is my $10,000 going if I would have invested in 2013? Now, this one did not have as large of a return. So 17952 is the current value of that $10,000 if you invested in 2013. Now, this one has uh, come down from... Uh, probably right around 24,000, I'm going to say, from the peak of the market early 22. And uh, yes, that, that definitely has fallen off in the past year. Real estate values are going down. So these companies are going to be valued less because of their real estate values uh, are shrinking. But uh, you do have a, a little bit more insulation in the real estate market versus some of these other growth stocks that you might be uh, looking at if you're in the G or uh, simply just in the SP 500. So a little bit more protected. You might not want all your portfolio in here because it doesn't have as much growth, but you are going to get uh, some sizable dividends in a lot of these companies. Or another thing I like to do, if it's just me just buying for myself, I try to pick and choose some of the different companies that I really like uh, that have done really well in these uh, top portfolios and these ETFs. You can pick out the companies that uh, maybe are paying more of a dividend rather than are, uh, you know, lighter on the dividends and really aren't performing as well. So maybe that's a way that you go about it. Say you want uh, companies that have 6% dividends, you can go onto a list like VNQ, pick out the companies that are really doing well or paying more and really look stable and invest in those by themselves. But if you're not looking to do single stocks, I wanted to bring up some ETFs that could get you some sizable returns and also have exposure uh, across a lot of different uh, stocks in the market. So those are the five that I got there. We've got uh, Microsoft, we've got uh, VTI, SCHD, G, and VNQ. Now that being said, I told you guys I wanted to do a little bit on stocks that might be, you know, things that I'm really looking to buy right now. Uh, so the the list has changed a little bit in my mind. Uh, there are still stocks in in the oil and gas space that I do like, but uh, I, I really think that with a recession coming, some of these might not be my favorite buys right now, so I, I kind of left those off this list. But uh, yeah, I'm still looking at defense names, uh, and there are a couple that reported this week. The first one that I wanted to look at was General Dynamics. The ticker is GD. Uh, so they did have a, uh, a good quarter. They also just secured a tank contract for the, uh, the military. Um, yeah, they're sending Abrams tanks to, oh, that's a different article. I know they just got another one, a $482 million US Army hybrid contract. That was on the tanks. Uh, they are trading at a PE of about 19 times, 2.1% dividend, really positive earnings. There's a lot of things that are backing up a company in defense right now with all the different problems around the world. Uh, there is about 20% of upside on General Dynamics right now. Now, the other one that I like here is uh, is Northrop Grumman. You've got uh, another one that has a lower PE compared to some of the other players in the space. It's currently trading at a 14 times PE, which is a pretty good value on Northrop as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it's coming off of some of the highs from back in October. And there is still some upside here. On Northrop, about eighteen percent. So that one in the just the overall market in the the industry that they're in, I think it is a smart play. Uh, I still like some of the bank stocks here. Now, I want to be pretty mindful as to which ones. I don't really want a lot of international exposure. I didn't really want as much on the investment banking. So one of the ones that I picked was going to be Bank of America. Uh, Might not be your favorite. Uh, It is a Warren Buffett favorite, that's for for sure. It's got about 13% of upside, 2.5% dividend, a low PE at 11 times, and one that I think you could park some money in in order to get some some growth and uh, some dividends. Now, they are also going to be making more money as these rates go higher. Uh, They can lend out cash at a higher rate and they're not paying any more on your checking account or your savings account. So they're getting those deposits and ultimately they're making money on the back end by lending your money out to someone else. So I do like some of the banks here. I just wanna be very picky about where they make their money and uh, I really don't want too much of that international exposure right now. Um, Now this one, the next one here, is one that I've been kind of harping on for probably about a year now and that name is SoFi Technologies. Now, over the past uh, week, actually, when we look at the past month, they were at a low of about $4.50. Currently, they're sitting at $7.05. So what happened? And now, when I say that, uh, their EPS is still negative. They are a growth company. I want you to know that before you invest in this one. So no dividend, no positive earnings. But uh, they did buy that bank charter last year, and that is finally starting to, you know, kind of reap some benefits here for them. Uh, they had forty-six percent uh, sequential growth in deposits. They are uh, definitely growing that side of the business, and I definitely think that uh, their banking moves are, are giving them an advantage, uh, you know, compared to other banks. Now, when you are depositing, you can also get uh where was it i want to say it was in the three yeah there it is 3.75 percent uh competitive rate offerings apr or apy sorry of uh, 3.75 on checking and savings which are consistently repriced to remain competitive there are some definite definite things right now that i think sofi um, has at their back you know some of the different uh, student loan crisis it's kind of behind them the, uh, the fact that they bought that company, that small bank, in order to become a, uh, a bank holding company is certainly behind them. They've got a bright future. And uh, they definitely, uh, I think it was $450 million that they they did this past quarter. They certainly have some things going for them right now. So I would still consider buying if you are um, you know not so concerned about the short term. This one is definitely volatile, um, but I think it's got a, a bright future ahead of it. And uh, so, then going forward, another one that I'm still a long-term believer in is PayPal. Now, I know this one's gotten just raked over the coals over the past year, but um, they still have a, a core building in the uh, the PayPal, or a core uh, group of members in the PayPal community. Uh, the Venmo side of the business is growing. The uh, price targets got about twenty-six percent of upside here. And I don't really think that it's going much lower. This one has really held this uh, mid-70s line for a while. Yes, we did touch like $66 in uh, December, but now we're sitting at 80 And I think we're going to kind of continue to sit around this price point uh, until we get some positive earnings, uh, which is going to be next week. And we'll see what's happening there. So maybe wait and buy after that point. Really see what it's doing if you really want something that would be more of a high flyer growth name. They are making money. They do have a higher PE at 41 times, but it is a growth company. So we're gonna see some of those numbers and the higher revenue growth coming into this one. And certainly that should help uh, a PayPal-like company. And uh, when I'm looking at other tech stocks, I'm still looking at Amazon. Uh, They definitely are in the line of fire with uh, recession talks. But they're laying off people where they need to. They uh, just inter. Uh, they just released a new product for the palm scanner pay. That is something new that they're going to be looking at in their stores. They're one of the better ones at uh, loss prevention in the way of you know the different uh, ways that they are checking out, and you don't even have to pay at checkout at some of their stores. Yes, there's probably some some theft in the warehouses, but not as much as going to be at like a Walmart or Target. So I do think that Amazon's a little bit more isolated. They've got more on the uh, the web services side of things. I definitely think it's trading too cheap at, uh, at $102. And the analysts, I think they all agree with me. Yeah, about 30% of upside on this one. And uh, I think this is like a long-term hold for me. I will continue to buy some and leave it in my portfolio. Uh, also, Google. Uh, I still definitely like Google. Uh, I just said earlier that they are releasing that, uh, what was it, Apprentice Bard chat GPT competitor. They're trying to get in on that front. They're trying to redo their Google search to really be uh, remain competitive or you know, have the lion's share of that market. And uh, I definitely think that the different things that they're doing on their platform, plus advertising, is still really strong. Uh, and they are trading at a 19 times PE, which is really unheard of for Google. Uh, but then when I'm looking forward, I still like consumer staples. Uh, especially in this market. I think that could be a place to hang out, but uh, I do wanna be mindful of which ones I'm buying. Some of them are getting a little bit expensive. I think a lot of people really ran to these companies. You know, Like I just said, Google is at a PE of a 19, some change. When I look at Pepsi, it's valued at a 24.2. So you are getting a dividend with Pepsi, but uh, I do want to be mindful of where this one's gonna go. If we really get a tech rally, I think we're going to see Pepsi drop. Uh, we're going to see a lot of these consumer staples drop as they get out of these and go back into a tech stock or some kind of growth stock. So be mindful of that. Could be somewhere to uh, to average in, build a position, and ultimately get some dividends out of some of these uh, consumer staple names. Uh, came up with a couple here, Pepsi, Coke, Mondelez, a through 3M on the list. Which would be a long term hold for me, but they did uh, pay down a lot of debt. They've also got a five point qualify five point two percent dividend right now on three m. Uh, not really getting too much love. I know they had some problems. I know there was a lot of different lawsuits, but uh, ultimately, I think that management is pretty smart. So if you have time to to you know sit by this one and collect that five percent dividend could be a good time to get in. Uh, Not a screaming buy for me, but I did like the fact that you're getting a uh, dividend aristocrat at a 5% yield, and I think it's been oversold, Uh, so definitely one you might want to keep an eye on. But uh, the other things I still like, I still like the semiconductor plays, and I still like credit cards, Uh, so MasterCard, Visa, Visa. And then, uh, you know, some of those different semiconductor plays. So that's really what I got for you guys today. I just wanted to throw out a list that might make sense for you. So I came up with defense contractors, banking, uh, fintech, consumer staples, and then some other tech plays that really just haven't uh, been treated too well in this market for a number of different reasons. But with that being said, you know, let me know your thoughts. I'm sure some of these are gonna make the uh, the investing challenge poll for next week. I'm gonna do a little bit deeper dive on some of them, see what the price of sales, the PEs are, are looking like, what the revenue growth is looking like for some of these names. Uh, so I'll throw together that list. Oh, one more thing, one more thing. I forgot all about this. Netflix, they are cracking down. Uh, <laughs> we're finally seeing this. The uh, password sharing is going to be really limited. So if you are not on or if that device does not go on the home Wi-Fi uh, to get that uh, that login on that actual IP address, it is going to be kicked out. It is going to be rejected if it does not touch that uh, that regular IP address for 30 days. So they are really cracking down on that. They are you know really trying to shrink the, the password sharing. They really want to see uh, people pay for the, the services that they're using. And uh, Netflix has really rebounded on this as well. So actually right now the price target is negative 2%. The The PE is at a 38. And uh, yeah, we, we hit a low of 162 last May. And uh, I know this one was on a lot of investing challenges and ultimately it never got voted on. I, th- I think a lot of people just really thought this one was going by the wayside. But uh, from that 162 low of last May, we are sitting at 357. So big moves from, uh, from Netflix. I think a lot of people really like the fact that, uh, at least on the business side that they are cracking down on this thing. And they think that a lot more people are going to subscribe because, you know, now they've all had a taste of what Netflix has to offer. And ultimately I think they're going to convert a lot of, you know, other households that might not be paying for those passwords. Uh, now they're going to have to have their own account. That's how I'm looking at it. And, uh, yeah, like I said, not too much upside. Just uh, be, be aware that Netflix is really coming after the password sharing. And that is certainly something out there that is uh, probably what a lot of people are doing on a lot of different streaming platforms. So uh, maybe we see Disney and uh, you know Roku and other, other ones really go ahead and crack down on these same different problems that they are having because I know it's out there. But uh, yeah, that's what I got for you guys this week. So Um, Netflix might not be a screaming buy for me. We, we probably should have bought it last summer timeframe, but we, we did not. And, uh, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll look for other opportunities and not really go after chasing this market. So that's what I got. Uh, hopefully these, uh, these stocks are something for you to think about. Hopefully uh, Powell comes out in uh, a short while here and says, we've got that 25 basis point hike and it it doesn't go crazy. That's what I'm really hoping on. But, uh, yeah, with that being said, I'm going to catch you guys on the next one. So take care.